Angie for breakfast. Catching up with Mark Duffield of the West Australian. Have you got anything to say about the Thompson twins there? Hold me now. Do you remember that one? I do. How come there were three of them? I don't know. That's a good question. It's <laughs> a great, great name for a band. I could never work out how there was three. You know how, like a for a, for a boy from Darken, that was just too much for a koala the bear. You know, because the Thompson twins and there's three of them. <laughs> well, actually, as not just a boy from Darken or a South Bunbury footy player back in his heyday, what on earth are you doing on the front page of the Southwestern Times? Shout about the Bunbury Bulldogs could be the answer to West Coast Eagles struggling WAFL side. I'm reading verbatim here. That is the exact solution one of the state's leading football voices is calling for. And his view has already been backed by a former Eagle. What are you doing? Well, I've... um... I'm clearly misquoted, um, clearly calling me one of the state's leading football voices. That's one of the starters. That was their first mistake. <laughs> well, um, no, about this time last year, actually, and West Coast were sort of throwing around ideas as to what they could do as far as their um, their waffle alignment goes and whether they would have their own team or whether they would try and form an alignment with a team, most likely Perth at that stage, although Perth were very reluctant. And I sort of suggested both to them and suggested publicly that um, a team from Bunbury, as opposed to the Bunbury Football Club, might be the solution. It would it would give you a similar outcome to what Fremantle have with Peel, and I think the Peel Fremantle alignment works very well both for the Dockers and I think it works okay for the um, for the WAFL competition, and I think it works okay for Peel as well because before um, that alignment, Peel was winning one in every six games, which is not a competitive outfit at all. I, I, the, the Bunbury football culture, um, as I remember it, is very, very strong. Um, the, the competition in the South West Football League was a very fierce um, competition. It was certainly the best country football competition I ever played in by a considerable margin. By a country mile? By a country mile, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And um, and so I just think it, it could work. It's a little bit further away from Mandurah, which you know creates some issues with training and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, at worst, they could probably bus the 15 players from Bunbury that might be playing that weekend up to Mandarin and bust the, the 15 players or so from uh, West Coast down and train in Mandra. I'm sure there'll be a facility there they could train at. And um, and I think it just, it might be a win-win for everyone. I've always thought that the, the Bunbury football um, scene doesn't quite produce as many top level players as it should, given the population there and given the strength of the, the code down there. And so, we probably need to question what's going on with the pathway there and how can we make it better and how can we maybe make it easier for the good young players there to get it, get all the way through if they want to. And, um, so, yeah, that was the idea of that. Um, I'm glad they picked up on it. Um, I wish they'd have said Bunbury, not Bunbury Football Club. Um, no disrespect to the Bunbury Football Club. When I was first in uh, Bunbury, they won the first two premierships in 1982 and 83 and they're a very strong team very strong club, but um, yeah, that's what I was meaning. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, I'm glad we got the full story because that cracked me right up. You're very, you're not the sort of person that I would expect to see on the front page of our newspaper, let's put it that way. So I'm glad no, we got not, the full story there. Yeah, no, no I'm, I'm usually the writer, not the writee. <laughs> I'm on the front page of the, uh, and I, I'm getting in um, early before my South Bunbury former teammates start 
getting on the blower to me and sort of going WTF stuff. <laughs> I think they should do that anyway, really. <laughs> um, well, there you go. you got the real story here on Triple M. I'm going to put this full chat up on the, the listener app just in case anyone needs a permanent public record of what Duff actually said. Um, but I don't actually generally talk to you so much about the local stuff. We want to talk AFL. So let's sit back, have a listen to Dragon, and we'll talk AFL with Mark Duffield, misquoted in the Southwest Times this week on Triple M Southwest. Angie for breakfast. Young Years on Triple M Southwest, continuing our chat with Mark Duffield, the chief footy reporter of the West Australian, having a little laugh there about the Southwest Times at their expense. Sorry to my... uh, you know, my mates over at the Southwest Times. But Mark Duffield got... That was my first job in journalism, the Southwest Times, Ange. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they misquoted Mark Duffield. If you want the full story about what he actually said if you read that article, um, listen in on the Listener app. But we are here to talk about the footy. Now, last week was Indigenous Round, and I didn't see as much hype around it this year. Um, oh, I think it's become very much part of the furniture. Like, for instance, there's some amazing stuff going on um, just in, uh, you know, to mark this time of the year as well. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the front page of our paper today, um, which is just fantastic, the Marawa Budra, um, and um, and also Fremantle goes to Melbourne this weekend to play Nam because the Melbourne Football Club has been rebranded as Nam, the Aboriginal name of the of Melbourne. Um, for the the couple of weeks of Indigenous Round. So lots of interesting and fascinating stuff going on. But, of course, it's all just a reminder about, you know, being better at inclusion and equality and improving the quality of lives of Indigenous people and recognising First Nations people. So um, that's the important thing to remember about all this. I love it, Duff. Now let's get into it. Tonight, Sydney taking on Richmond. That's at the SCG. I'm going to go Sydney, and I'm not overly confident, I have to say. I I just get the feeling the Tigers are building, and the Swans, I'm trying to figure out how good the Swans are. Sometimes they look really good, and sometimes they look really young and green, and they have been gettable at the SCG this year, but I'm going to stick with the Swans. Tomorrow, it's the Lions taking on the Giants at the Gabba, the Queensland. Do they call it a derby? Um, No, no, no. This is obviously uh, Brisbane versus Greater Western Sydney. Uh, Greater Western Sydney just two games into their, uh, or this will be their second game under standing coach Mark Murphy, and he's not going to be there because he's going to be attending the birth of his child. Um, So there you go. Dean Solomon will actually coach him this weekend. So that's kind of a derby because Dean Solomon used to be an assistant coach and was a caretaker coach at Gold Coast. Um, We're calling the Gabba the Gabbatoir again because Brisbane are murdering teams up there. And I suspect that um, the GWS may be on the wrong end of one this weekend. Then it's the Cats taking on the Crows at Alphabet Stadium. Yeah, GMHBA Stadium. And this will be the Cats getting it done. The Crows starting to wobble a bit after quite a sound start to the year. Melbourne and Dockers. Now, I know our drive announcer, Cliff Reeve, very nervous about this game after the Dockers getting beaten to Collingwood. Yeah, well, the problem is is that apparently to beat Fremantle, you just add water. And uh, that's what's happened the last two weeks. They've played in wet weather and not played well. And it sounds like it's going to be damp again at the MCG tomorrow. Hopefully they've learnt a bit, but um, I suspect Melbourne is not losing this one. How are our battled West Coast Eagles going to fare against Western Bulldogs? Well, we touch wood 
probably not going to get any worse for West Coast, but it's got to get a lot better before they compete really strongly. So um, I think the dogs will come here. The dogs are just starting to get some um, something going after a pretty stuttering start to the season. I think they get Ruckman Tim English back, and he's uh, about to announce a fresh contract deal, which will give the club a nice little kick along as well, given that West Coast would have been uh, one of the bidders for him. Um, I think the doggies comfortably. Now, this is who I got the GWS confused with before. Uh, the Gold Coast Suns taking on the Hawks. I should just I'm not pretend to, get... to know anything about football. <laughs> so this is in Darwin, and um, I'm I'm getting a bit excited about Gold Coast. Um, they, they beat Fremantle um, at Metricon, and we know that Metricon, that's their home ground, of course, on the Gold Coast, is no longer going to be an easy game when you go there. It's going to be pretty tough. Melbourne only just beat them up there, and then they've beaten Carlton and Fremantle there. Um, and, but I thought they played really strongly in Ballarat last weekend against the Bulldogs. So I think they're actually starting to go all right. Um, the Hawks are going all right and rolled Brisbane in, in Launceston last week. Um, but I'm going to tip the Suns here. I think the Suns can get this done. Sunday, St Kilda, North Melbourne at Marvel. Uh, St Kilda to win and North Melbourne just enduring the season from hell. Now, the thing is, when you look at West Coast, you can say, well, they've had a lot of injuries and they've had COVID on top of injuries. North Melbourne's just having a season from hell. Mm. Um, so they're down the bottom near West Coast. I actually think North Melbourne's list is okay. They've got a lot of young talent, but it is very young. Their best mature age player, Ben Cunnington, of course, has been battling testicular cancer. So he hasn't been playing and uh, and that's made life pretty tough for them. So um, St Kilda will win this and they will beat up on them a bit, I think. Collingwood and Carlton at the MCG. So the blues are now back in fashion, the navy blue. It's navy blue with the new black and, oh. and uh, they've got arguably the best forward in the game with Charlie Kernow and they've got arguably the best defender in the game with Jacob Wietering and they've got arguably the best midfielder in the game with Paddy Cripps. And Paddy Cripps has Sam Walsh and Adam Chera around him now. So this is a pretty good Carlton team. They're on their way to playing finals. They may be on their way to the top four and they will give Collingwood a reality check after their win over Fremantle last week. And Port taking on Essendon finally. That's at Adelaide Oval on Sunday, Arvo. I think Essendon are the most disappointing team of the year. I think we all had them in our top six and they're going to be very much inside the bottom six. They've lost their way and uh, Port Adelaide are just starting to build and they will win. Duff, thank you for your insight. And don't forget, the home of AFL is on the Listener app. You can listen to any of your favourite teams' games if they're not getting airtime anywhere else over there at LISTNR. Duff, we'll catch you next week. Yeah, and by the way, great to hear Dragon. Uh, I went to the Bustle Motor Hotel in about 1983 and saw Dragon play live. <laughs> the Bustle Motor Hotel used to be a great band venue, Angela. <laughs> I saw Good Ends play at the Bustle Motor Hotel as well. If I could have been a fly on the wall. Sensational, no mate. <laughs> Angie for breakfast. 